0: Neho here, the legendary Bert Lehman himself, and uh, backed by popular demand, are uh, from our from our little brother station, the Dirt Podcast. We got Jeff Krause here. How are you boys doing today? Do you have a good fourth? Yeah. Always a color commentary by our friend Bert. There, <laughs> man of many words. It, that's like that's like the sidekick for the Brewers, right? The uh, on the on the show, man of many words, right there, right. So. <laughs>
1: From the movie Major League. <laughs> That's <it>. yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. How about you, Krause? Uh, I know you got a little racing in this weekend. Do you guys uh, do anything else over the 4th?
2: No, not a whole lot. Went and watched the big fireworks show over at Arrowwood Resort in town. You know where that is, right across where you used to live there. Yep. Um, I know we went over there a couple times to watch them at your place, too. <laughs> so I uh, didn't do much racing. Car didn't run heater features, so I didn't get much laps in. Didn't even break a sweat, but uh a lot of at home, hanging out with the wife and kids.
0: Yeah, that, that's always a good thing. Got to have a little family time. I got to take in a race over the weekend. We'll talk about that. I got to got, got to do a little golfing with my better half, Brenda. Even actually hit some pretty good ones. Most wouldn't believe that. Probably more not so good ones than good ones, but still at a good time. So episode 184, boys, brought to you by our friends over at Zuli's Race Engines. Again, over the fourth, a lot of racing this weekend, a pile of wins for them, guys. Go to their Facebook page, and you'll see they do a really good job of keeping track of all their winners, giving them a shout-out. I think that's pretty cool. You don't see a lot of engine builders doing that, so that's just kind of a, a, a good, I guess, good bond they have with their drivers. So not just winning races, but setting themselves up to win championships. And if you're an experienced machinist, Frank's looking. They need another guy. They got a lot of engines getting pumped out of that place. Looking for an experienced machinist over at Zuli's Race Engines. Go ahead and give him a call. Get your resume in to see if you can be part of a winning team. And, and if you can't beat him, Krause just saying, got to join him. I know you got a motor guy, but we're going to get you a Zuli's deal here pretty soon. So, <clears throat> with that said, what are we going to talk about this week? What's the real issue with Wasota? What is the real issue? We're going to talk about that in a minute. Our top five moments of the week, pretty good ones, one not so good. We'll talk about that. Um, our picks, a little fan feedback, bold predictions. And uh, first, though, let's talk about our week of racing. So, Jeff, you said that you basically didn't even get all kinds of issues this past weekend. Uh, what happened? What's going on?
2: well we've been having some fuel pressure issues and um i think we fixed that because i finally had some fuel pressure uh, if the gauge works or not right you know how us racers are with uh, gauges uh we half the time we don't believe them then we get in big trouble um so we i, I can't get no rpms out of it. it's not winding out i don't know if it was the distributor we put a new distributor in nothing um, i don't know if the cams going south so i'm having a real time getting rpms at it usually at viking when the track's fast um and you're not lifting you're twisting the old super pretty good. You can be up in the, in the danger zone, the 7,400, 7,500, and that's danger zone, and I can barely get over seven grand. So I got something going on there. So um, we'll get her figured out, and, um, you know, I got, I got a pretty good mechanic, you know, that, and hopefully you'll get her figured out.
0: Yeah, that'll take care of you for sure. And uh, I suppose you got to watch that Kastriva race, right? Uh, Ryan and Russell Kastriva putting on a hell of a show over there, kind of duking it out for the win. Um, no Kraus in the mix, no Sauer, no Miller in the mix, but the Castriba boys were looking pretty darn good at Viking this past Saturday. So it's no longer just, uh, just you two. It's, there's a few pretty good cars over there.
2: Yeah. Well, the big thing is there's been, I think six or seven features now, different winner every week in the supers. Um, uh, so, and that's super tough, especially at these days with car counts and stuff like that. So, um, uh, it's Sauer's only got one. I got one. Miller's got one. Bailey Roche has one. Castriba has one. Um, I think I'm missing someone else in there too, but uh, it's been a different winner in the Supers. That's what, be honest with you, that's what you want to see. Uh, you don't like seeing the, um, the old-time uh, Scott seasons or the Shane Sabrassies and are winning every single week. That's no fun. The fans really get into different people winning.
0: That is literally the dumbest shit I've ever heard you say in my entire life, all right? <laughs> okay. I know you're on the board. I get it, right? But you're a race car driver. See, your answer should be, I want to win every race, all of them. Okay, not We don't care what everybody else winning. and you still still racing a car. You want to win all of them, okay? So you need to get your attitude right, or you're going to have to maybe put me back in that car, all right? Just saying. So, Bert, I know you actually took in a couple races this past weekend. Uh,
1: talk about your weekend of racing. Yeah, I went to uh, Out of Gaming Speedway uh, last Friday night. Uh, the Dirt Kings Late models were racing there. Uh, very good show, they had 130 some cars there, uh, and um, very good show, a lot of passing. Uh, um, Mike Mullen just uh, he has that that Seymour track figured out. Uh, he won the Dirt Kings late model. Or are we going to talk about the results later on in the show, or or should I talk talk about that that right
0: now? Yeah, you can talk about that right
1: now. All right, uh, because uh, Mike Mullen won again in the Dirt Kings at at Seymour. He's, he's won at least one other Durkings Kings race at Seymour, if not two others. So, uh, um, there's, um, uh, there's a lot of passing on Nick Avelink who leads in the points. He started deep in the field, um, started 15th and finished fourth. So, uh, he was able to w- work his way up there. Uh, there was a few, uh, cautions late in the race. I thought maybe he might be able to, uh, uh Finagle into the lead, but uh, Mullen was just too strong. And Justin Ritchie started ninth and finished second. So, uh, you know, two of the top three uh, uh, worked their way through the field. Mullen started third, so he started near the front. And um, and then in uh, uh, Benji LaCrosse almost won two features in one night. Uh, He finished first in the modified feature and second in the IMCA stock car feature. And both features were very, very good, a lot of passing.
0: I tell you what, I really like that Seymour track where when that track is on, it's really racy. They usually have, I didn't watch this past weekend. I knew you were going to talk about it, but they usually have a pretty good cushion, a lot of sliders there. I I've seen some really good racing at that place.
1: Yeah. The the track, uh, I mean, if I had to compare it to something in the Western part of the state, I would say it's kind of similar to Menominee, uh, red Cedar speedway. Um, but yeah, it's usually very good racing there. Um, and then I went to Shano Speedway the next night. Uh, the racing wasn't as good. Uh, the track rubbered up for the late model feature. So, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of passing. Um, so, um, yeah. Todd Frank, though, Bert, two in a row. Todd yeah. Frank. Yeah. He, he won two in a row and, um. Uh, both him and his son Gunnar are 1-2 in the point standings also. So,
0: I, let, let me be frank with you. Um, <laughs> He got her done. I remember Krause um, over at Viking. Todd Frank raced over there a couple years. It seemed like he ran over there quite a bit. And uh, back in the day, and he might still have it. The bottom row of his tire rack inside of his trailer was a rotisserie to put tire treatment, whatever he was putting on there probably just cleaning them i'm guessing
1: well it was wide open maybe he was maybe he was roasting chickens
0: he could have been Now on a (laughs) rubbered up racetrack i don't think softening tires was probably going to help him um just just saying but i i always got a kick out of old todd Frank's trailer with the rotisserie for the tires on the bottom rack i'm like all right he's just not even trying to hide it at this point all right fair enough so, hey, you mentioned Nick Anvilink there, Bert. <clears throat> Me and Krause were talking before you got on here. So, Deer Creek's got to go for 50 this weekend. There's there's only 38 late models there. One of them is Nick Anvilink.
1: Okay? Yeah, he post, he posted it on Facebook that he was going to uh, be racing there uh, this weekend. So, I mean, we'll get into our picks later on. So, I don't know if he'll be going to Luxembourg on Sunday night for the Dirt Kings race or not. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure he'd probably be there. So looking at this, Bert, Make, and they got the Herald Review 100. It's 5000 to win. Hunter Lapper, $5,000 to win. Little quarter mile, smaller than a quarter. Little bull rig. 37 late models for five grand to win. 42 mods. Deer Creek is paying 50000 to win. And they have one more late model. And uh, they got 29 mods at their show. So Nick Malink is there. Bert, there's one late model guy that... I gotta be honest, it's gonna be a donkey award. I don't know. Hopefully he's got some family stuff going on. Hopefully, nothing bad. Um, but man oh man, how the hell is Brent Larson not at Deer Creek? I mean, it's like other than Cedar Lake, it's the closest freaking track to him that races any I get it. He's a world of outlaw guy. There's no world of outlaw racing going on this week. It's fifty thousand to win, and you're less than a hundred miles from there and you don't go. And Deer Creek's a freaking good racetrack. I I don't understand. I mean Hopefully he's got a wedding or, or something to where he just couldn't go. I'm hoping it's the case. Hopefully he didn't just skip out. I was a little surprised to not see the B1 bomber there. And then on top of that, you see, you know, uh, the rookie, who's the rookie that was in the Hofer. Hofer is there. Um, you see uh Anvilink over there kind of surprised. Are you surprised that Brent Larson's not at Deer Creek?
1: Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I mean, you know, if, there's no other races going on that you know he follows um he's from Minnesota so you know he should if if any races were living you would think he would be there right Krause what do you think on that
2: yeah definitely I and here's the flip side with him he's actually um he's been a little bit quicker lately um he's been a little bit faster too so um you know it is does surprise me a little bit that he's not there just like I think he was uh, a couple times this last week and I think he was near probably top 10 in qualifying a couple nights and uh, was, was doing pretty well up here. So he's been fast too. So um, who knows, maybe hopefully, like he says, he has something going on, but you know, on the flip side too, from a fan standpoint, you want to see some Minnesota guys there and, and he's got a good following and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I am a little surprised that he's not there.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe there's more to the story that we just don't know. Maybe he's got some kind of legit reason. So Let's jump into it. little hot laps, hot takes, brought to you by our friend, Brad Parson, Brad Parson Egg Solutions. So one thing we know, and I don't know a lot about chemicals and I don't know a lot about farming, but I do know this, the right chemicals applied properly in the right amounts make your farming season better, right? So give Brad a call, 320-219-3542. And what Brad will do is he'll get you the data, get you the information. You can maybe test some of his stuff in your current spray packages, to see if you can yield better results and make more money. That's a shout out to Brad Parson. So Wisoda. we've been kind of knocking on them here for a little bit, right? Their new slogan this year, we are with soda, which is, which is accurate. Right. So with is a combination of the board, the promoters, the drivers, the fans, it's the whole ecosystem. Right. And with is an organization guys that, they pride themselves, and I don't know if that that's, they do pride themselves, I don't know if this is good or bad, in being the only organization, only sanctioning body where the promoters <coughs> actually get a vote. They get a real say in the whole process, okay? Now, I like that to a point. I don't like that to a point. I mean, imagine I had one of the board members say, imagine 50 people trying to drive your truck down the road at the same time, you'd end up in the ditch and go nowhere. That's kind of the same problem there but here's the issue i have okay so bert i'm not sure if you know this but me and jeff dan his co-host probably more like me i'm not really afraid to kind of put it out there share our opinion if we have a thought we say it right wrong or indifferent right we don't I, i've always had the theory that if i'm willing to say something behind closed doors I'm going to have the nutsack to come up and say it in public and stand behind what I say. Am I always right? My mom says yes. Probably not. Probably not, though. Okay. I love my mom. And uh, she says I'm always right. I don't think she actually says that. But the fact is, I will absolutely stand behind what I say and what I think. The problem I have, guys, is there's a lot of promoters out there, right? And, and I'm not going to call, you know who you are. I'm not going to call out anyone specifically, but I've had many conversations, Jeff, you have too, with many, many, many promoters over, over our career of racing, right? And they will, and drivers, pit meetings are the same deal, by the way, okay? So you ain't getting off scot-free if you're a driver, but we'll sit and we'll be debating, complaining, bitching about certain things that need to be changed and wasoda has got to fix this and soda has got to change that. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And then all of a sudden you get to a platform where you can actually speak up and say something like the Wasoda meeting or, or a board meeting or whatever. And half of these promoters sit back in the corner, right? And they're like, well, I ain't going to say nothing. What do you mean you ain't going to say nothing? We talked for an hour yesterday about this, right? And then on top of it, guys, you have some promoters, right? that not only will they have, they'll share the opinion with you on, on a topic, not only will they not stand behind that, they'll be the one sitting back in the corner going, that freaking Krause, he's a troublemaker. He doesn't shut up. All he does is complain. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Be like, are you shitting me? Like, you're the one who put this idea in my head to begin with. right? What are you talking about? That just drives me nuts, right? And, and so from, from the back of your neck down here, right? There's a deal that goes straight down, like above your ass, It's called a backbone, spine, whatever you need to call it. I'm going to do you all a favor. I'm not going to take my shirt off and show you guys. All right. I'm not going to do that. Save that for my other platforms. Just kidding. All right. The, <laughs> fact of the matter is, all right, you got to have a backbone, right? I have mad respect for somebody that will they might not have the same opinion as me but and we can sit and argue debate we can we can do all that but if they if they're willing to stand behind their thoughts their opinion their feelings that's great but why on earth are we in a society now that that some people will will have them thoughts right and then and then literally just if you speak up you're a troublemaker what's your guys' thoughts on that <clears throat>
2: Well, you know, it's a tough one. I haven't, I haven't sat in those meetings. Um, we did not, um, Viking Speedway did not go last year. Cause we didn't have a contract with the fair board. We didn't know if we were going to have a racetrack. Um, and I know they submit, you know, maybe one thing is maybe they, we should, I know they want to get an agenda for the rules. Um, um, and they send all the tracks in and it was crazy um, like Viking Speedway was on a lot of those I, I remember seeing the agenda like there was uh, like some you'd get in a rule on something there'd only be three tracks that replied you know what I mean it should be should be 40 was there uh, 40 42 tracks or something like that so it was crazy to see some of these rules so I don't know if tracks are out of tune um they don't know what's going on um, maybe was not feeding them all the information of what's going on but I, I remember seeing that agenda and I was like well how come only, I ninety four Viking and Monty commented on this. You know, there's street stocks and B mods at other track, at all a lot more other tracks than this. So, um, and then as far as talking, you know, I don't know. It, it's a it's a tough one. Maybe you know, I think this day and age, everybody's afraid to make someone mad. You know, maybe you make a Wasoda mad, you make a couple drivers mad. They're not going to come to your track. Um, like I said, we we had a huge heated discussion last year on my podcast about the cost to race the Wasota one hundred. And we ruffled some feathers with Wasoda, But at the end of the day, I had 10s and 20 drivers say, thanks for sticking up for us. Thanks for saying something about the cost to go one run the Wasoda 100. You know, no one's ever said that publicly. So um, I think it's just some things like that. But, you know, like I said, I think this year all intentions I plan on being at those with meetings and, and speaking up. I, I know one thing, if we, if Dan and I would have been there last year, I know there would have been no 9% tire increase. And I guarantee you street stocks would have Burt's and Brins right now. I can guarantee you if we were there, cause that, th- those are no brainers. So um, I just think it's, uh, you know, get everybody showing up and, and you know, maybe we doesn't want to hear everybody's opinion. You know, maybe they, maybe they move the meeting along and they just want to, skip a topic and not get everybody's opinion on it so there's a there's a lot of stuff there but you're right you know it needs to be um, you know a lot more promoters need to step up and say hey let's do something about this and um, and, and get things figured out the right way
0: Bert you got anything to add because I got I do have a couple things here well I
1: mean I, I, I agree with Jeff and I mean I'm not exactly sure of how the exact inner workings of how wisota works I mean, Uh, is there ultimately one person who ultimately makes the call or is it like majority vote on everything that's brought up? Um, I mean, yeah,
0: to answer that question, Bert, as far as the car rules, the promoters vote on that and any change has to be a two thirds majority of the present promoters in order to pass the rule. Administrative, um, there's kind of a mix. It seems like they do things different ways depending on what the topic is, but they do not have like IMCA is owned by Brett Brooks, right? Like what they're doing or not. Right. That some things suck with IMCA. Some things are okay. Their tires are definitely worse. I can tell you that. Um, but the fact of the matter is he makes the decision and uh-huh. the discussion. Here's the decision. Don't like it. Great. You like it. Great. I made the decision in Wasoda, When the board makes a decision, you got, you know, a collective group of nine people, eight now, um, and, and the fact is, if it's the promoters, you have a lot more. <coughs> and like Jeff said, some promoters are like, I don't want to vert, vote a certain way. I'm afraid to hurt my driver's
1: feelings, upset them. So it's, it's a collective group, which is really hard. Than- and you know, I can see situations where, yeah, somebody doesn't want to speak up because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. They don't, you know, they don't want to, uh, they don't want drivers to shy away from their track or they don't want with soda. Um, Picking on their track with, uh, you know, sending inspector. I don't know if they send inspectors, but you know what I mean. And uh, I, you know, I can also see, you know, where some pr- promoters just aren't informed fully about the topic, so they'll just vote ho- however their friends vote, even if it's not good for the organization as a whole. They'll just vote, you know, with the majority because that's just what you know they they want to be friends with with people. So I I, I can see some. Some ways where rules that aren't good can get in place there. I mean, you brought up Brett Root. I was actually gonna bring that up because I mean we've had some Facebook comments that you know in you know Wasota needs to be more like IMCA. And I mean Brett as an owner of the organization, he definitely has a vested interest in the success of that organization. And I don't know if anybody in Wasota really has a fully vested interest in the overall performance of Wissona. Not a vet. Well, we would hope not. Right. Well, I mean, they're, they're not I mean, supposed to. The, um, the, the, pr- the promoters have a vested interest for the success of their track. Some, um, do. some, some, not all.
0: Right. Cause like Viking, for example, and in Hibbing and Grand Rapids, that's a board run entity. So there's no vested interest. Yeah. They're not paid. So, It just depends on the situation. Um, So I'm gonna put it this way, right? So, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a car rule. It can be any topic, the growth of the organization, right? I'm gonna use Deer Creek as an example because we mentioned them earlier and I like Deer Creek. It's a great track. Hell, they had 169 cars last week. They get a shit ton of cars there, right? But here's the deal. We go to these meetings and it could be any specific topic and you'd have somebody voicing their opinion, right? Like, this needs to change. This needs to get better. They'd be kind of getting heated. And you'd have certain representatives of the Deer Creek Speedway saying, well, we need to back off a little bit and give them a chance to do their job. And just a whole song and dance, right? But guess who dropped Wasoda? Deer Creek. So clearly they agreed, right? But they didn't. Instead of looking at nothing wrong with USRA, I think there's a lot of great things with USRA. But if they were so passionate about, what well, we need to go this other direction, why didn't they look and go, look, hey, here's the deal. Let's actively try to take what I like about USRA, implement it into Wasoda. Let's make Wasoda better instead of going, well, uh, this sucks over here. We're going to go this way. Well if, you think well, if you think it sucked, why don't you say something at the meeting instead of poo-pooing all the freaking promoters that did say something? I, I think that's just that shit just pisses me off. So, drivers here is what i got for drivers including you jeff okay is the rules making process here's how it works a promoter can take a rule right they can they can say i don't like this rule here's what i want the new rule to be here's why i want that to be cost safety whatever it needs to be right write a proposed rule change if you're a driver and get that to all the promoters that have that specific class that you're talking about, okay? Street stock drivers, if you want BERT transmission, this is a very simple deal. You get a hold of every. <clears throat> write down, write the rule. Excuse me, I'm dying up here, my God. Um. If you want a rule change, write the rule that you want for the transmissions. We want BERTs and Brins and however you want to write it. Look at the super stock rule, write it the same way, okay? And submit that. Reach out to all the promoters and say, this is why we want it. This is what we want changed. This is how we want it done. And then you're going to find out which promoters actually are doing their job, right? Because those promoters are then supposed to submit that to a as a proposed rule. And that agenda comes back to all the promoters. So that way they can look at it, research it, vote on it at the meeting. Now, some promoters, I'll be honest, are fantastic. There are some promoters that really, really do their due diligence, and 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 they know all the topics. They've, they've researched it. They've talked to drivers. They've talked to people. They know exactly what they're doing. And I tell you what, that's a tip of the cap to the very involved ones. But it's hard to be too upset with the ones that aren't involved because most tracks are, you know, most promoters are trying to find enough time to even run their racetrack. And like a board in Alexandria, having Rapids, you're doing it for free. So you're already given 30, 40, 50 hours a week away of your time for no money. So those promoters, half of them are sitting back going, we don't really want to be involved with this process. We'll We'll get you some information, but we don't want to vote on all this stuff. We'll get you the information, tell you what we think, put the right people in place, let them do their job. Again, guys, I think it comes back to this. The, the current business structure of wisota is, I think it's broken. I think that there's a lot, that's where the core problem is, is the whole, the way it's all laid out. Too many, you know, too many people trying to make decisions when you don't need it. And uh, there's just not enough time in the day. So any anything else on that topic, guys, before we jump on to the next one?
2: Yeah, I, I think you touched base there, Ryan, about the uh, the disconnect between the drivers and promoters, and or Wasoda, for that matter, um, and like you said, I, I remember I flat out remember talking to Ryan Satter last year about street stock rule changes. Um, and fortunate enough, I got a super stock. I ran a street stock for about a year and a half there. And um, Dave Tennis is on our board. He owns a modified, and uh, we got another uh, B mod. We had a B mod representative on our board, so we had kind of everything. But we, I, I flat out, we asked Brady Gertis. We asked multiple drivers. Is there anything that needs to be done? What needs to be done? Um, and I, I just, and from my standpoint now, I've obviously learned a lot being on the promoter side of things because before, like, just like you, we were drivers and all we cared about was the drivers. If <laughs> it's, we wanted to win, 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 and we were going to do whatever we want for the drivers. So I'm um, now on the promoter side of things. I think you kind of see the difference, but flip side is, you know, how many drivers out there? Um, and I'm not pumping my own tire. Obviously we got things we need to prove on too. understand what it takes for promoting, and understands owning a race car um and i like i said with all these it's increases tires increase this cost of everything has gone up what are we doing to help the drivers save money because at the end of the day drivers don't show up the track guess what fans don't show up the track and if fans don't show up to the track guess what Get the nails out, get the boards out, board the place up. You're done if the fans don't show up. So yeah, you're right, and you know Bert made some good points too there, and he was kind of leaning towards that the disconnect, drivers, and then I get it's, it's it can be a can be an icy road with drivers and promoters and with soda. So yeah, there's there's a lot going on there, but I think the big thing is you gotta take you gotta take some input, and it seems like every time the drivers put in some input, they just, you, you get blown off. Um, And and I think that's where the frustration and people get mad. Um, So, well, we we said this, we did that, and now you're blowing us off and you're not doing anything about it. So, yeah, definitely. There's a little of everything involved in that.
0: Absolutely. So let's jump on to our top five moments of the week. So before we do, a little shout-out to our friends over at Daytona One Performance Lubricants. And this week, guys, uh, I'm actually going to be hosting a Facebook Live with a couple of representatives from Daytona One Performance Lubricants, why to inform people on what their product is all about? They have a lot of different products, right? Buck is a industry expert. He's in the Hall of Fame, of course, for NASA for lubricants. But their goal, their core value, is to do exactly perfect segue, exactly what Jeff was talking about, bringing the cost down, right? If the right lubricants in your engine bring the you know that expands the life of an engine, right? The right lubricants in your gears expands the life of gears. The right lubricants, uh, Bert must have a call. <coughs> the right lubricants, uh, the right, the right <laughs> lubricants on tires, right? Are gonna make your tires last longer. So, so stay tuned for that. We're gonna have a Facebook Live get you guys have some information. In the meantime, if you want more information and want to be a little discreet on on uh, calling, 507-828-3536. And you can call Chad. He can get you informed. He can get you all the information you want. So, <clears throat> number five, guys. Actually, I'm gonna put this one as an honorable mention, right? So, I Bert Lehman left. He's got some issues going on there. So, <laughs> we'll 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 just keep the show going, and I'll watch for him to come back in. I don't know what he's got going on. So, <clears throat> number five. Did you see that rollover,
2: Jeff, in Superior last week uh, in the Pierstock division? I did not. I just I just flipped over and I saw the records on that track, but I, I didn't watch replay either. Holy
0: crap. I'm gonna post that here for everybody to see if you're watching. If you're um maybe I'll post it um separately on the page too. But Jake Smith, second generation guy, his dad Don Smith, running a modified, he ran supers, streets, he ran B he ran all kinds of things. Jake kind of coming into his own this year. He's got a win already running up front. Man, he went for a ride. Down the front straightaway at Superior, and that thing went tumbling. I don't know, four or five times or whatever. She was pretty violent. He walked away. I didn't, I wasn't able to get a hold of him. Must have a different car because he was back racing on the weekend. Uh, I can tell it wasn't the same one. Let's put it that way. So that's the honorable mention. <clears throat> the other thing I'm going to watch to see if Bert is, nope, he's not back on yet. Bert's got, he must have a phone call or something. So the one that I'm going to put at five. I went to Paducah last week. To see, I'm sporting a new hat here, right? We got the, the high side hustler, Jason Fager. So I was trucking. I'm like, you know what? Hell to a race. Paducah, never been there. Never, never went there at all. And some people, I, I know you don't hear it as a promoter, but some people complain about dust, right? They're like, Oh my God, it's so dusty. It's a dirt track. Let's relax a little bit. Well, she was dusty. All right. But the dust didn't carry into the stands. Jeff, probably one of the more exciting races that I've ever seen. In the heat race, Drake Troutman, 17, 18 years old, was leading the heat, got a flat tire, had to start 17th in the A, main. He passed his way to second. Wasn't attrition. He drove to second, throwing sliders, whatever he had to do. (coughs) Handful of laps left. Ashton Winger's leading. Ashton Winger, right rear flat. Next thing you know, Drake Troutman's leading. Well, on lap two, Jason Fager... He got a flat tire, had to go back to 21st, 22nd, had to start all the way in the back. And he stormed all the way to the front. And them last three laps were absolute, just a Brook, Jason Fager from dead last on the grid after getting a flat tire. And uh, kind of a fun deal though. I got to actually, I visited with a guy that came over from Australia. I was sitting over like, you a, under know, a, under a podium, just got to chat with a guy before the races. He said it's like his seventh straight year of making the trip from Australia specifically for the hell tour, which is crazy. Cause I mean, the hell tour is great, but it's not, it's not Lucas oil. It's not world of outlaws. The quality of cars is not quite as many good ones, but he said he had a blast. I, I said, what's your favorite track on the tour? What do you think it was? Fairbury? Absolutely. <laughs> Without question. It was Fairbury. So got to chat with him and just, just a good time. Got to meet some people over there and, pretty cool facility the straightaways have more banking than a lot of corners do at a lot of racetracks so super fast kenny wallace was there he got third uh, overall good time let me see if birds back in the
2: yeah one one comment about paducah Ryan. yep you sent me a text that said wow was that entertaining in person and don't get me wrong it was a good race on on dirt vision but the way you sub you you uh <laughs> described it i should say was like you needed to be here um so i'm gonna throw a shout out to all you race fans out there go and support your local track yeah it's awesome sitting on your couch watching it on tv um, but like you said and, and you're 100 right um sometimes the action you don't see what's going on in the pits you know you don't see the pit crews running through the pits getting ready to change a tire and seeing all the action so when as soon as you sent that text out to me it's like You know what? Fans, get out and support your local tracks. Um, Get out there and fill those grandstands.
0: Yeah, you said it spot on. And we have some great streaming platforms out there. Of course, Dirt Race Central does a lot of the stuff. But, boy, there's nothing like being there. Number four, Casino Speedway, a modified action over there. Tony Conold coming up a little short, throwing some haymaker sliders there with with, uh, Superman, Mike Stearns. Stearns kind of had a rough start to the season, got a couple wins this week. But if you haven't had a chance, jump on the Dirt Race Central. And I think they actually, on their Facebook page, they have uh, like the last seven, eight laps of that deal. And it was really, really good. And uh, Joe Thomas and TPO weren't really in the mix. And next thing you know, in the last couple of laps, they were kind of lurking, but a really good race. Another great battle at Casino. Number three, I'll let you talk about this one, Jeff i-94 speedway over in fergus they had the dirt uh, dirt race central Speedstock tour along with the world of outlaws on saturday get Bert back in here
1: Bert's coming back
0: we got him back Bert's back in the house all right
1: yeah my my phone died died i had it plugged in but apparently that cord does not work with my phone so i had to and find technology. a different cord.
0: Been there, done that. I get it. I get it. So we talked about number four. We talked about number uh, five. Talked a little bit about my trip over to Paducah, Bert. Number three, street stock action. I tell you what, guys, over the last couple of years, I've watched a lot of races. I mean, street stocks, IMCA stock cars, UMP stock cars. uh, That's been about my favorite to watch. Man, they put on a show. This one, no different. Gross! What happened over at I ninety four that really, really stuck out on Friday night?
2: Well, the big thing was I was watching there and um, I heard rollover um, on Friday night, and um, I'm pretty sure that's Jim Gullickson. He's only got about a couple nights on that car. Is that thing pretty much brand new?
0: I think I think it is. new. yeah, I'm not positive, but
2: I think so. Is it? Is it a, I don't know. Is it a factory forty three car? or Do you know, or did it was it? I don't. I, I. don't know. I know. I tried getting him up here, and um, he he texted said, "Hey, I'm running late. Do you guys run hot laps up at Viking?" I said, "No, we usually don't." Then um, he said, "Well, I got a brand new car. I'm like, you got plenty of laps in a street stock. You don't need hot laps." So he went for a little tumble, kind of all on his own, right in the middle of three and four, um, and they flipped it over. I'm like, "Well, heck, you might as well keep running that thing." And I, did he try to restart the heat? I'm not sure. Did he? Did he finish yeah. the heat? I don't. He finished- I think he. Might have finished the
0: heat. I, I don't remember the heat. I remember the rest of the
2: night, not the heat. Yeah, he finished the heat, and then uh, I flipped it back. I was obviously flipping channels. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of racing going on Friday night. I um, might he wins the B feature. Um, then he must have started. I uh, must have been what twenty first, twenty second,
0: 22nd? twenty second. 22nd. Yeah, 22nd. somewhere
2: in there. And then before he ended up, know it. Um, I thought he was going to get in the top five. He was just outside the top five. Correct. Fourth. Well, he did get fourth. Okay, yep. so I was wrong. So I saw him in about 6th or 7th, and like I said, I was flipping back and forth. There's a lot of stuff going on, and then I suddenly looked up on the ticker, and I see Gullickson up there. That's a heck of a night. When It reminds me of uh, Tim Johnson a few years ago. I don't know if it was an Ogilvy or if it was – it might have been KRA. You know, he rolled, um, went and in the back. He ended up winning the feature after rolling. So it was one of those nights, and the good thing it was the soft rolling. He didn't, he didn't wreck too much stuff, but – Another fan experience. You gotta be there. You gotta see, hey, a guy roll. Let's see what he does in the B feature. Let's see what he does in the A features. It was exciting and had had my eye, that was for sure.
0: You're exactly right because a lot of times I don't even watch heats when I'm when I'm watching streaming. I'll just skip past all that. I'll just watch the features. Sometimes, if I watch a replay, I'll fast forward. Maybe don't even have volume, right? So sometimes I'll just be kind of scurrying through. I never would have caught that. So Yeah, so the fact is, Bert he rolled over in the heat, come from the back, 22nd on a tour night, stacked field of cars, drove up into the top five, got fourth. Good rebound there for Jimmy Gullickson. Number two, it's kind of a homer one right here. i got to be honest with you. Third-generation Blake Adams, of course, his dad, the legendary Buzzy Adams, his grandpa, Dave Adams. Grandpa on the other side is Tim McMahon, right? A lot of national championships in that group. But Blake Adams, rookie year here in the Midwest Mods, made his maiden voyage up to the Grand Rapids Speedway. Eighth to first. Impressive run up there. So I'm telling you what, uh, with Soda Racers, you got company. I mean, we already know that Buzzy was a legit racer. Blake Adams is freaking really, really good, and I'm really excited to see the future that kid has. And at number one, uh, the border battle over at the Gondik Law Speedway. (coughs) The old Iron Man Shane Sabrasky started P one led all fifty laps. Not normally big news, right? It's like, okay, Shane Sabrasky won another feature. Who gives a shit? He's got eight hundred and forty eight of them, or whatever the heck it is, right? He's never won a ten thousand a win race before. First one. I'm like, I, that's I. I would have never guessed that. I figured he would have had a handful. The last one I remember. You remember? I don't know if you guys remember this. We talked about it on the show, Bert. So you might. jeff you probably saw it he had the uh i think it was the mod nationals over at ogilvy kind of had it one he was running a crate at the time put her in protect mode on the last lap and just kind of sallied it into three and four and mike anderson drove by him to win on the last corner and that would have been his first 10 grand to win show a handful of years ago so congratulations to the iron man shane sabraski i mean great career nonetheless but them 10,000 to win races. I mean, if you have 850 feature wins and you only have one, that tells you how big those moments are, especially on like a local regional level. So that's pretty cool. So let's jump into a little uh, who's hot and who's not, brought to you by a brand new sponsor here, Fastlane Motorsports and Powder Coating of Ashland, Wisconsin. So Chris Bredding, he has a great staff over there. They don't just build race cars. They build the Galloper chassis. I ran that in a modified um, for a handful of years back when I was still turning laps. But they, they service a lot of racetracks. They service Grand Rap- or not Grand Rapids, Superior, Ashland, Proctor. They're the parts trucks. They sell parts. They sell tires. They, they sell it all. But they also do custom powder coating. They do sandblasting. They do any kind of fabrication. doesn't have to just be race cars. They do any kind of fabrication over there. So uh thanks a lot, Chris, for coming on board the show and look forward to the next year with you here. So let's start with a little who's hot. And I talked to Jeff here, Bert, about maybe doing uh if you happen to have like a national and a local on the hot knot, right? If not, no big deal. But let's start let's start with who's hot. Okay, let's start with Bert. Who do you have as far as like who's
1: hot? Um, well, you have to um stay with rtj uh he just keeps putting putting wins in his uh win column and uh he's having an unbelievable year for i mean he's not a rookie and you know he's been racing late models for several years but um you know it just seems like when he won you know he won a big race last year and it's just kind of carried over to this year and he just keeps winning
0: Absolutely. Anybody on the local level for you as far as who's hot?
1: Um, I did not do a local level, but I'll go with uh, Todd Frank. He's got two feature wins in a row at Shano Speedway. So,
0: Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Three. His kid won the opener, right?
1: His kid won one earlier in the year, yes.
0: Yeah, so the Frank family has three in the late model at Shano. Krause, who's hot?
2: We're gonna stay, uh, well, Bert took the national one. I don't think there's any uh, talking about that with RTJ. It's, it's pretty simple with that. I'm going, to, I'm going local for the uh, who's hot. I'm going with the, uh, the Blossick family with Brendan Blossick and Tayton Blossick. Um, of course, Brendan Blossick was the B-Mod hot shoe, sorry, Midwest Mod hot shoe last year and uh, got his first career A-modified feature, was sort a modified feature up at um, I-94 on Friday. Um, and then his brother, Tayton, got his first career Midwest mod win at Viking Speedway on Saturday. And, and Brendan got a fifth at our mod special on um, with 21 mods for um, 1,200 to win on Saturday. And uh, he ended up fifth in that one in a very stacked field. You know how the modifieds are at, at Viking Speedway and I-94. You better bring your A game every single night uh, or you're going to be in the back. So um, I I'm just going to be continuing to see, you know how it happens when you get your first win, how it goes. See, uh, Tate Vlasic's been kind of creeping up. think he's 17 years old. I'm um, getting his feet wet, and now his brother looks like he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in that mod class.
0: And, and it, yeah, I mean, he was legit one of the top drivers, especially in central Minnesota in the Midwest Mod Division. No surprise. I mean, if you can win in one class, you can win in another, and he's proved just that. So, tip of the cap to the blossoms and I uh, look forward to seeing more of them at Victory Lane and I I gotta stick with you guys right rtj nothing else needs to be said I mean he is just like he is a number one right now as far as national scene goes in in everything I don't think there's anybody hotter in the country than rtj right now well, but in the go ahead
1: oh, well I have what one... before we go to not hot I have another hot one so
0: okay okay oh. Go ahead. Want to just
1: roll right in? With well, you? I mean, I mean, he was racing in the backyard in Western Wisconsin over this past weekend. Uh, David Gravel, you know, won the big one at Hewsett, and then won the big one on Saturday night at uh, Cedar Lake Speedway uh, with the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. So he he's he's doing pretty well right now. <laughs>
0: Could he possibly end the streak? Remember, Brad Sweet four straight right. He has four straight World of Outlaw Championships. Could it end at that? Could this be the year for David Gravel? Good. I'm going to go another Homer deal here, guys. I'm going Kevin Burdick. So last year, he kind of missed a bunch of the year, only had one motor. He kind of rejuvenated his engine program this year. And uh, seven of his last 10 in the late model have been in the top two. So he's been really good in the late model division. And they have the KME triple crown deal up there between Gondek, Law Speedway, Hibbing, and, and uh Halberline's and Proctor, he's leading that for ten grand to win, and on top of that, the lost Speedway put together a point fund. I think it was an eight-show deal. He had a solid weekend up there in Superior at the Border Battle, sitting in a pretty good position to put another six thousand on top of that. So Kevin Burdick, uh, really looking good in that thirty. How about not hot, Bert? uh, Let's start with you. Who's not?
1: Um, I'm gonna go with Jimmy Owens just from the fact that, um, uh, he hasn't even been racing with uh, the two top organizations over the last week or so. I, ca- I can't remember where he was racing, but it wasn't with Lucas or World of Outlaws. So, you know, I don't know if he's just trying to get his program back together. Uh, um, but uh, so let me fight the enough. word,
0: Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting words. <laughs> So, I, I will clarify one thing here. Jimmy Owens was at Taswell for a 20 or 21,000 to win. Okay. And he got second behind uh, Dale McDowell there. So, but yeah, you're right. On the national with the Lucas and World of Outlaws, he's been – Is it? I didn't see him. Jeff, is he at uh, – I don't think he's at Deer Creek, is he?
2: I don't think he is either.
0: Yeah, so, so Bert, you're, you, you are correct. When it comes to the national scene, he's been – kind of on the struggle bus there you're you're not wrong you're not wrong so who else you got
1: uh locally i'm gonna put taylor scheffler uh he's uh not necessarily by his own making uh he uh he didn't finish the dirt kings race at seymour he didn't finish the dirt kings race at shano earlier this year so uh, he, he's struggling a little bit on the dirt king side it um, wasn't necessarily all his fault. It looked like he got pushed into the wall a little bit uh at Seymour, but uh that's the way it goes on a tight track like that.
0: For sure, for sure. So keep an eye on it. He's probably gonna win this weekend now that we put him on the not hot. Probably that's how it works. So Klaus, not hot. What do you got?
2: Well, other than myself, uh I don't have anybody I don't have anybody locally. Um I could maybe actually it was funny, uh Jason Tennis texted me today and he said, It's about time the 52 and 29 get back to victory lane. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to throw us both under the bus, JT, and say, I think the 52 and the 29 got to get off this not uh, hot streak and go from there. So uh, nationally, um, I'm going with Chris Madden. I, I don't, um, I know, I think he got second at the Dream, though, did he not? Yeah. Um, but. He, he just, he's just not himself. I know, I know he got a brand new car. I think that was about a month ago, was he? I know he was fighting it. Um, and he got faster, you know, as Fargo, Grand Forks. I know I-94, he got a little bit faster. But I know he's not where he needs to be because um, I, I thought, th- thought there were some times last year, if you threw him and Davenport and a couple guys in a race, he was going to be right there. So uh, I'm going with Chris Madden. I, I've heard nothing but good things about him. I know he's feisty. Um, he's, he's, he can be aggressive and, and I like that. Um, I've heard nothing but great things about him, that he's a good guy. So hopefully we can, uh, and, and it's fun watching. I like watching the rocket longhorn competition and it's night. We need another rocket chassis up in the mix. there, getting in, mixing it up with those longhorns. So, uh, hopefully Mr. Madden can get her back going.
0: Absolutely. So on the not hot list, I'm going to kind of go, he's kind of a local, right? North Dakota, Donnie shots. Dude, he's got one top five in his last 14 shows. Literally one top five in the entire month of June. He got third at Ogilvy. I tell you, he he had a couple wins there back to back. And then he just kind of from that point forward has been not good. <clears throat> so we'll see if we can get old shots. He turned around. As far as local Jody Belfite. Um, man, he's been struggling. So here's what I don't get. Okay. So first of all, he just been, he's been off, right? And then he got kind of caught with his pants down, not literally, okay, figuratively, <laughs> at, at Superior. He's starting front row next to Shane Sabraski. He won the 10,000 last year at the border battle. He's starting outside of row one, number one, meaning that he was second high in passing points, right? So he had a pretty decent piece. Well, they're lined up for hot laps. They, they ran because they had just the, the B mains and the features for the mods on Saturday, full show for everyone else. So they get the show in and they're going to let the mods go out, right? Because they were supposed to run a little bit later in the night than they did. And they were going to go out and they were going to run some hot laps. And and he's like, I'm going to do a little testing. According to his Facebook post, he had something in there he was going to try. They're literally sitting and staging, guys. The fog starts rolling in off Lake Superior. And they said, change of plans. You're rolling out on the racetrack. Fuel up. We're going racing. No time to change anything. He went first to like eighth in the feature. He was just a non-factor. Um, so he's but here's what I don't get. So he was bolted last year, right? Unbelievably fast everywhere he went. Well, I mean, won that big race. And he's a guy that he's not hard on equipment. Never really, he's, well, if it's super rough, he pulls off, saves his stuff, but he's got to get a new car every year, right? It's kind of like the the mindset of drivers, oh gotta have a new car. That one's not even broken yet. Right, what? So that just shows right there that the new car deal is not always the answer because had he stuck with last year's car, he wouldn't be sitting here the first half of the season trying to figure this one out. So let that be a lesson. If you got a pretty fast hot rod out there, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to switch race cars. You can stick with the one that's good. Okay. You don't have to go get a new one. That doesn't automatically make you faster.
1: So Jody Belfi, not hot. Well, so let- speaking of cars, yeah. I mean, sometimes it, it, Takes takes some time to get it figured out. Um I mean, this was back in the nineties. I know technology has changed a lot since then, but this is the late nineties. Uh one of MJ McBride's most successful years with feature wins at Channel Speedway, um, you know, later in his career was in the late nineties on a car that was two or three years old. Uh he whatever he did, whatever changes he would make to the car, he knew exactly what what would the car would do you know so sometimes it takes takes that long to figure things out
0: dale McDowell's car is five or six years old and uh i think five maybe and it's still fast i'm just saying so little fan feedback boys uh brought to you by our friends at buy if you need hats shirts hoodies apparel for your race team for your club for your business whatever it may be um jordan and the crew at buy they can they can help you out they got great pricing a lot of different ways that you can buy stuff. If you want to buy big quantities or small, check them out, by buyrayshirts.com. So, a couple questions we have. So, Tom, big late model fan, he said, and uh, he said he really enjoys the show, misses Puka. He's like, where is Puka Ben? I miss Puka. <laughs> I don't know, I don't think he likes his bird. I think he likes Puka more than us. <clears throat> but he said, uh, good to see the world of a lot late models coming back up into the region this past weekend. Very pleasantly surprised with the amount of, of open cars. Um, traditionally, there's only been 12 and there's a, there's like 20 open cars or maybe even more. Um, what, in your guys' opinion, w- what race stood out um, as far as the, the swing up north? Do you have a race that you thought was the best and why?
1: Um, uh, well, obviously the one that gathered the most attention was the baloney sandwich race. Um, <laughs> when, uh, um, Bobby Pierce and Kyle Bronson got together, what track was that at? Um, it was earlier, one of the earlier races. That was the first
0: one. That, that was, at that Bargo. was at what Mason city.
1: No, that was at Fargo. Was that Red at Fargo?
2: It was at Fargo. Oh, yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought that was Mason city. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that one gathered the most attention, but probably one of the ones that was mo- most exciting was uh, the one that Ryan Gustin won. Uh, that was a pretty good race. And uh, even the other the race before that Gustin was leading and got a flat tire, uh, which cost, which basically I think cost him the victory in that race. And that, that was a pretty good race also.
0: Yeah, there was some pretty good racing and that baloney sandwich, needless to say, you can jump online. It's all over social media, but um, Bronson and Pierce got together. Neither neither one of them two give each other an inch. And now, keep in mind, Bronson used to date um, Bobby yeah. Pierce's sister. That's what right? I
1: thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, so down in Victory Lane, he said something yeah. on the order of, or when he was getting interviewed, uh, well, I'd slap him in the face and eat a, eat a bologna sandwich or something like that. It's like, where does he come up with that? But it, it, it kind of <laughs> broke Facebook that night. So, uh, Krause, what, what race stuck out to you?
2: Yeah, I don't um, – I, I think the best race of the, the weekend was definitely Grand Forks, um, River Cities. I thought that was the best race. To be honest with you, uh, uh, Mason City was really good to start, and then it, it locked down rubber. Um, and I know this, all those guys said after the race, man, if that thing could have stayed wide, it would have been a good race. But, um, you know, Red River Valley is weird. You know, everybody was kind of expected to be slick. Um, and if you don't race there much, you don't know. The water comes out of that track and it's crazy. You, you can drive around under yellow. You can physically see the water come up out of the track. Remember I ran back there a few times. I'm like, what's going on here? I set up for asphalt and I'm hammered down wide open. So um, I thought that was a good race. I definitely thought uh, Grand Forks was a very good race. And uh, to be honest with this, once I-94 got their track ran in um, and got that, uh, that figured out, I-94 was a really good race too. Um, there was, um, and the, 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 the key to all that, Ryan, was what? Moisture. Water. Water, Water. and get, get some moisture in the track. Um, fans don't want to see slow asphalt racing. They just don't. They want to see guys rip. I mean, Bronson was sparking the wall in Fergus. Pierce was sparking the wall. I mean, Marlar was on on the cushion in Fargo. So I thought all three overall was good, but River Cities was definitely um, uh, was definitely the best race.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with I-94 and and it's weird. Mason City, like you said, that was good early. Um, I don't know if you saw Jason Strand. Did you see he hit that wall opening freaking a ton and rolled there right there? We're talking about we'll talk about safety, right? All everybody's talking, oh, safety, safety. That wall opening about destroyed a race car right there. So I'm uh, good track, but that that was kind of a scary deal. Hopefully, it's not too bad. <clears throat> um, Fargo, we were texting during that race, and we're like, man this is going to be a debacle. It was just bone dry, dusty and the heat race. we like, this is going to be terrible. And the moisture come up. And all of a sudden you got a freaking good racetrack. Um, I-94 mm-hmm. other than a really long, really long track prep program. And, and to his credit, Don made sure the announcer announced, Hey, we apologize by no means. We wanted to have that, you know, and, and I'm sure he didn't want to have a two hour intermission or whatever it was kind of reminded me of the 100 though, right? A couple of years back. They, they freaking farmed it between every single feature. Next thing you know, they're running the mod feature at 2 in the morning. Johnny Broken goes from 25th to 2nd, puts on the best show of the weekend, and everybody's sleeping. Like, nobody's watching it. <laughs> well, kind of the same thing here, you know. The track, I thought the track was phenomenal. Bobby Pierce said it's, it's a lot like Florence, throwing sliders and haymakers and banging the boards. And But it took moisture. So I urge tracks to just get more moisture in it early so you don't have to do that, but overall that ended up being probably my favorite race of the week was at i-94 so let's jump over to so bill he said uh was at the border battle great show we're at the border battle this weekend in Superior Wisconsin at the Law Speedway uh, mod feature um glad they got that in he said tip of the cap to the to whoever's in charge I assume Chris for uh switching the order to get that 10 grand to win show in track was getting a wet slick out there Johnny Broking, who's been struggling a bit, come from row six to third. Um, row six or row seven? Gurky did, too. So the winner of that, Sabraski, Gerke come from – Ryan Gerke came from either row six or row seven to second. Dave King got third. And I, I'm like, I just watched the race, right? And I'm looking at my race pass. I'm like, huh, weird. And they next thing you know, you got Dave King you know, in victory lane. And they're interviewing him for third. I'm like, he didn't get tricking third. Johnny Broking got third, right? So, he said, Johnny Broking uh, got a new sponsor, Dairy Queen, uh, DQ gift cards here. Just kidding, Johnny. Um, tough deal. <clears throat> so, and they're like, what happened? What? Why did he get dq Because nobody talked about it, right? His header broke. So, <clears throat> where the tubes come down into two at the end, the collector, where the muffler goes on, it wasn't like tabs that you bolted. I thought it was tabs and you bolted it together. It was literally welded around there. The welds broke. And the, the freaking collector and the muffler came off laying on the racetrack, automatic disqualification. So he wasn't cheating or anything stupid like that. It was just dumb luck. And and it's a good rule because I don't know if you guys remember, but years back in the 90s in Menominee, a muffler came off, got flew into the stands. There was somebody killed at the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee. That's where that rule came about. Um, but he it's he said that prompted two questions. One is our car's built too weak, right? Let's face it. Racetracks aren't even rough like they used to be. There ain't no moisture in them. Literally, you hit the smallest bump, the whole car falls apart, right? You see you see, light models, they hit a cushion, the whole freaking nose is underneath the race car. I mean, you hit a little bit of a rut, the J-bar is bent in half. Our car's built too weak. You're paying literally four times as much for a race car that can take a tenth of the abuse that a car could take 25 years ago your thoughts.
1: Jeff, you can go first.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you, well, they are. It's just, it's just, it's just the way the times are. Um, Everybody's trying to cut costs. Shipping costs are out of control. Um, Everything's out of control. And it's, uh, I think parts are, Um, you know, maybe it's, you know, we saw some halos and some chassis collapsing and falling apart too the last couple of weeks too. So, um, yeah, I definitely think they are, and uh, it's something you need to make sure you have a good, um, uh, a good dad like I got that's checking all those things and um, tell Mr. Broking he needs to weld the tab on that and brace your muffler to your chassis so when that does break it just dangles there and it doesn't fall off your car. Um, that happened to me one time. I, I snookered Gene, I snookered Gene over at Fiesta City Speedway and. Uh, stuck a baffle in the end of my pipe and he thought it was a muffler. So sorry, Gene, I can tell you that story now. It's been five years, but uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. And I think a lot of it's maintenance too. Um, I think just people, uh, you know how it is. You you, you ran a hundred shows a year and sometimes you miss some things. So, but I, I definitely, I definitely think, you know, tires, um, a lot of that stuff is getting built cheaper and it's too bad, but a lot of it's out of our control. It's the economy. Um, and then it all stems, you know, it all stems from our buddy at the white house.
0: Yeah. There's something to that. We won't get into that conversation, but I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with you for sure. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, and I think that they're just way too weak. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things we used to build stuff back in the day. I mean, now everybody's buying everything, you know, and the the days of people fabricating their own stuff are, are long gone for most people and, I mean, if, if the track, if the cars can't take a little bit of an abuse out there, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I like looking at racetracks that have just a little character, not bonsai and through the ruts, but if, if the tra- cars are going to fall apart from that type of stuff, there's definitely an issue. Well, um, and,
1: for- and, you know, all the parts, uh, you know, everybody's going for lightweight parts, you know, everything's, you know, they're, they're trying to shave as much weight off of parts so the drivers can put the weight where they want to on the car to get better performance. And when you go lighter weight, I mean, granted you can use different materials that are still good, but you know, it's gonna tend to be weaker in some instances.
0: For sure. So Jeff, I got a question, Viking Speedway. Um, Let's say Johnny Broking, for example, running third gets DQ'd because a muffler fell or the part of the header broken and fell off. What does he get paid? Zero. I got to give a shout out. This is painful guys. It's painful. I got to give a shout out to Chris Steppen. Um, so he got third, got DQ rightfully. So that should be $0. Right. And he got a check today, 1250 bucks. He got a thousand bucks. Start money, $250 for the uh, hard luck award. He's like, I got disqualified. My part broke, you know, and, and he still got a check in the mail. So as much as I like to dog that guy for having his hand in the pockets of racers, I got to I got to tip my cap and I got to say, you know, job well done on, on, uh, doing, I, you know, I don't even know if I call it the right thing. Cause he didn't have to do it, but doing something above and beyond that he didn't have to do for the racer. I thought that was noteworthy to kind of give him a shout out there. Um, <clears throat> but I got a question. Here's the other question is should these be anytime there's a disqualification? Should it be a teachable moment? Okay. And let's let's use this. I mean, we got social media, we got Facebook Live, we got all we got way more technology out there than ever. But if somebody gets DQ'd for anything, right? This header broke. Should Wasota then or the track submit a picture video or whatever to Wasoda? they submit it? But should they take a picture of that and, and show it, and say, okay, Johnny broke was disqualified. Here's what happened. Okay. Here's, here's why you got DQ'd. Here's what happened. Drivers, just, just check your stuff out. Or that's, that's a part failure, but let's use something like roof rank, okay? We've seen people get disqualified for roof rank. If you disqualify somebody, why not have the head of a or somebody have a, a short little video clip and say, hey, last week we had some disqualifications for roof rank? Here's exactly how we're going to measure this rule. Get out the level, the tape measure. Show everybody how to do it. Put it right on Facebook, right on Wasoda's page, and literally get it out there and say, "We're going to check for this. Here's how it's here's how it's taught. Here's how it's tech." Do you think it's time? That's something Wasoda has not done very much to add value to the organization. Do you think this is a way where Wasoda could add value to the organization, the tracks and drivers, to use every disqualification as a teachable moment and do something like this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it stopped the drivers from complaining too. Uh, I remember two years ago when the, uh, the mod deck height was the big deal. Um, I think Belphi started that up in Superior, correct? Yeah. Um, and then I know, um, I think it was the Fallen Lineman race. One of the mod races, Dusty, we actually uh, DQ'd Dusty Bitson, uh, One uh, Ebert ended up getting the win at Viking Speedway um, for the deck height deal. And it was I think it was the next weekend well, uh, everybody knew you're going to be checking deck height. Um, and I know now last year, I know, um, uh, Gene Cockleman's the head tech guy over in a lot of our tracks over there. And if there's a new rule comes out, he does a really good job of going around and checking cars before the night begins. Um, he, and he's explaining what's going on and telling them now, they're not doing that at every track, you, you know, that, um, so they're checking roof rakes and they're checking stuff like that. So, Gene, I know, does a good job, but no, you're right. There needs to be a little video. Say, hey, here's what, you know, ha, you know, have a tech update. Why not have a video of how, how we're doing that and what to look for so these drivers can say, hey, yeah, you know, that's what they're looking at this week. So then you show up to the track and you get dequeued for a quarter inch and now you don't have 20 drivers spitting mad. So, yeah, something it, It's a good point. Something needs to be just, and it's, it's not that much. Um, or maybe, like I said, get all these tech guys and have them. Gene talks at pit meetings all the time. He'll, he'll do it at I-94, he does it at Viking. If there's an update, he'll go to the pit meeting and say, hey guys, Wasota's cracking down on this. Wasota's cracking down on that. So now everybody, all six drivers that show up to the pit meeting, um, <laughs> you know how those goes. But at least he's up there saying, hey, we're working on this, this is what we're looking at. And uh, I, I think it's a Wasoda. Billy needs to get that out to these tech guys, to the tracks, just better communication, You're 100% right.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a very well-written deal by Bill. Thank you for that. I think that would be a good idea. Jeff, on your end, as a board member at Viking, you could maybe write something like that up and submit it to Wasoda as a suggestion, maybe submit it to all the tracks. I know know other promoters have copied all the tracks in it, maybe copy that in there. I think that's something that would be easy to do and something that would be of value. I got a bunch more here, but we're only going to do one more. Uh, for the sake of time, we don't want it to be a two-hour show. But Josh had a question, and he's a big fan over in Watertown. And he said, quite honestly, a, a lot of the top late model guys in the area don't come to my track every single night like they like he wishes they would. <clears throat> but they get a pretty darn good feel of mods over there. So in his opinion, right now today, the premier division at the Casino Speedway is the modified division. Now every a lot of people have looked at it. I know Bert and Puka. Just kidding, Bert. The the late models has always been the premier division, right? In some people's minds, but in Casino's example, he's like, is the mods maybe the premier division? And what is your guys's thought on a premier division at a specific
1: racetrack? Bert, let's start with you. Um, well, I mean, I mean, I'm going to speak at front the aspect of Eastern Wisconsin. Um, I'm going to say late models are the premier division, especially at Shano Speedway. Um, Two weeks ago when 141 Speedway held the Dirt Kings race on the same night that Shano races, um, I heard from people that the the attendance at Shano Speedway was considerably less than what it normally is. Um, You know, shano's got a history of having late models since the beginning so for in that market i would say late models is the premier division but i mean modifieds are definitely um you know one of, you know a top division um the at at the track um i mean in general geographic area modifieds are the premier division in general because there's just so many more tracks that modifieds can race at and i think that's true in western wisconsin minnesota the dakotas you know there's just more tracks that modifieds race at than late models jeff
2: yeah and i know we talked about this earlier like um we don't have late models at viking but like you want the late models to be your premier division. And I think over in this way, um, you know, the last few years we lost, we lost Ricky Weiss. We lost Zach Johnson. We lost Jeff Wildung. We lost Jeff Hinkelmeyer, Those guys. And, and, you know, even Don Shaw, he's not racing as much anymore. Those guys ran weekly at Viking Speedway and it was, it was a dogfight every single night. Um, I remember Don Shaw and Jeff Wildung going at it in the tech building afterward and everybody was like, This is awesome. That's what you want to see. Um, So you've lost that over here. And if you go to I-94 Speedway, the the mods are the premier division. Uh, You go to Viking Speedway, the mods are. And I think, you know, I was just thinking about it. You get down to, like, KRA and Montevideo, I I think the street stocks are the premier division at those tracks. Um, and, And you remember a few years ago when I ran KRA weekly, we had 16 to 18 supers every single night. And they moved the supers to last because they were the premier division there. So it, it's really weird how that's shaping up right now. And it's kind of, di- like Bert said, it's different in every area. It, it's really weird. And you know, we were talking about, you know, up north, it's probably the late models um, just because they have, you know, all those guys are still running late models up there. And, you know, and Dora and Kanta and Matthews were kind of that group. And then you had your kind of your central group and, you know, you had your South Dakota guys and now Searing's over there and then, you know, you had Strand and Sang, and you know those guys, but that's kind of not really happening anymore. And I think the mod, especially in our area over here, I think the mods have definitely taken over.
1: Well, and yeah. I, I I should clarify because uh, Jeff brought up a good point when he was talking about uh, um, street stocks and other divisions. When I say premier division, it doesn't necessarily always mean the best racing, uh, because I mean. The IMCA stock cars like like you said, uh Ryan several times, you know, week after week those things are, you know, door handle to door handle racing and some of the most exciting racing of of the show.
0: Yeah, spot on. And and I, I think it you you guys both I echo your sentiment here on saying it depends where, right? Because some places have a like a traditional, like that's the top class, and they got a fan base that's been like loyal and going for years and they they're late model guys or they're mod people or whatever. <clears throat> but if you don't have that, there's a lot of tracks where the bulk of the crowd is friends, family, sponsors, right? Mom, dad, brother, sister, that type of deal. So it kind of comes down to which which track or which fan base is the loudest. So if you're wondering what class is the premier division, just listen, you gotta be there. Can't hear this under a central, right? But listen, when you're at the track, when is the crowd making the most noise? That's probably the premier division at your racetrack. And I think Josh is right. I think that's modified. You get TPO, Joe Thomas, Dale Ames, you get uh, Stearns and Conold, and them guys throwing haymakers at each other. The crowd gets electrified over there. And uh, I heard Scott Warren might have a modified coming back out and he'll be right in the mix. So. I think he's probably right on that. So let's jump into our pick'em segment here. In uh, last week, uh, I'm just gonna jump to this. Bert said uh, <laughs> on our on our bold predictions that Ryan's gonna get zero points. <laughs> oh, the old Ryan guy here got six points last week. No, well, I was my, pretty, ex-
1: I was excited about that, Bert. my, my... until go ahead. My strategy worked because uh, I didn't want you to get shut out. So if I say you're going to get shut out, that means you'll get some points.
0: So this <laughs> week you need to say I'm going to get the least of all the points of everybody. Because I was excited <laughs> about six points until I realized that one, two, three, four, five, six freaking people in our group got more than six points, <laughs> and and uh, one other person got one or got six as well. So I'm like, well, holy crap! There's only one person that got less freaking points than me. So that six points still suck. So I don't know. So Kurt, yeah, Curtis Curtis, and myself got six. Mike got nine last week. Uh, Kent got eight. Brad, Dan, Carl, and Bert got seven. And I don't know, Jeff maybe forgot to send his picks in. He got two points, I guess, but not very much. Not this, the other, day. <laughs> so we picked uh, World of Outlaws at Cedar last week. Gravel won one. Who won night number one over there? Was it?
1: Sweet. Selzy? No, Sweet.
0: Sweet. Oh, yeah. Sweet and Gravel won. Um, I don't even remember what all races we picked. We picked the uh, all the World of Outlaw late model races. We talked a little bit about that. We picked That's Musk the, and Gum RTJ, won that. We talked about that. And the 10,000 uh,
1: to win. The 10,000
0: win show. Yeah, Border Battle Sebraski got that one done. So uh, the standings right now Curtis at 87. The two time reigning defending pickums champion, Burt Lehman, at 85. Mike's at 84, Dan's at 76, Kent's at 75, Jeff and Brad at 71. I have not broke 70 yet. I'm at 68. Carl's at 62. So I got some work to do. All right. So this week, uh, go for 50. We're going to pick that one. We're going to pick World of Outlaw Sprints at 34 Raceway and at Wilmot. We're going to pick the Dirt Kings over at The Berg. And uh, Monday next week, XR Super Series at Dubuque. So that's the races we're going to pick. So the last lap here, guys, brought to you by Dirt Track Supply. So if you're over in the South Dakota, western Minnesota area, these guys do a lot for dirt track racing. They build the aero chassis. If you need tires, safety, equipment, parts, heck, just advice, fab work, you you name it, get a hold of Ron and Trevor at Dirt Track Supply in Watertown, South Dakota. So one thing here, uh, Steve Vessel, legendary family of racing up in northern Minnesota, been retired for a number of years. This kid, Derek Vessel, a hell of a race car driver. Steve Vessel is going to be back behind the wheel Friday night at the Hibbing Raceway. Excited for that. Of course, Derek runs a MB for Pat Capella. They still have the capital sitting there, so he's like, why not? Might as well jump in it, so good luck, Steve Vessel. Grand Rapids Speedway, <laughs> next Thursday, um, they are having a 1250 to win Summer Sizzler mod special. Um, any specials coming up at the Viking Speedway there, Jeff?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We have our um, eighth annual Fallen Lineman uh, Modified race. Um, it's a uh, race that um, Corey Savore, he's an old board member um, from Viking here. He owns the 6X car of Zach Johnson, the Modified. Um, and Corey had a, um, his brother actually was a lineman and passed away um, a few years ago, and we started a memorial race for him. And now we're tag teaming, so we're doing two. So I-94 Speedway on Friday night, Viking Speedway on Saturday night, 2,500 to win, 200 to start uh, both nights. Um, Great purse, $100 to win a feature, or uh, sorry, $100 to win a heat race. Um, There's a couple other contingency stuff in there too. So a couple great shows um, Brady Gertis got the win last year. Um, Brian Strand, or Brian Strand, we wish Brian Strand was back in a mod, right? Uh, Dustin Strand held off Dan Ebert a couple years ago. So it's, it's some real good racing. And um, I've been on the horn getting some hold of some mod guys. So hopefully we can get some new guys here. And uh, so if, you, if you're if you a Modified fan and you want to see two good races, uh, hit I-94 on Friday night and uh, Viking Speedway on Saturday for the uh, f- annual Fallen Lineman Modified race. Yeah, that should be
0: good. Bert, uh, anything going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, any any other shout outs? We're going to do a rapid fire here in a quick second. But uh, any other, anything else in your end of the woods coming up?
1: Uh, well, the Dirt Kings at the Berg on, uh, in Luxembourg on Sunday night. Um, next week, I'm not aware of any big specials, but the following week uh, will be the 10,000 to win IMCA Stock Car Show at uh, 141 Speedway. Uh so that should be uh um a pretty good pretty good show usually gets drivers from uh from throughout the Midwest and uh I think we should pick that race. I think you're right. There's enough there's (laughs) enough research that we can look back on to pick that one. So I think we might have to do that. And they always have a practice night before the two nights of racing, so we can go on my race race pass and see which drivers are there. Okay, okay. Perfect. So let's do a little rapid fire, you know, Bert, if there's
0: any results that you wanted to talk about here. Um, but just, a, there's, I got a handful of notes here, just going to run through this really quickly, just a few shout outs to some drivers that may, maybe a little hot streak or got their first wins. Bert, is there anything that anybody you want to shout out or any, uh, any results or anything that stuck out from this past weekend that we have? not covered
1: yet? Well, not from this past weekend, but <laughs> the weekend before, um, well, I guess it was this past weekend to, uh, Chris Engel, uh, was back out in a late model. Uh, uh, he's raced late models, uh, for like three years, but he took last year off and now, uh, he's back out in a late model. And then at 141 Speedway, when the Dirt Kings, uh, were racing there, uh, Cole Zarneski, uh, who just graduated from high school, uh, and his dad just bought out part of some of the owners at 141 so now his dad uh is part owner of 141 speedway but anyway cole um debuted in debuted a late model at the dirt kings race at 141 so so far this year uh he's raced a imca modified uh imca street or imca stock car and a late model
0: (laughs) nice nice
1: that's busy jeff anything
0: anybody you want to give a shout out here too
2: Only one, Um, Fiesta City Speedway, 1,000 to win Supers Friday night, this Friday at uh, Fiesta City Speedway. Got to give a shout-out to Travis Scott. He invited me to the race. Um, So I know um, Travis, they help run the track down there with Juanita and and their daughter. So uh, hopefully it's one of my bold predictions. Hopefully we can get get a good car count down there at Fiesta City and get some Supers down there for 1,000 to win, and they pay pretty decent back.
0: 29-star, going to make it, or you got other stuff going?
2: Uh, looks and like right now I got other stuff going. I don't know. You never know. I might, maybe this can be one of those spur moments. I'm going to hop in and go. You never know.
0: I hope so. I hope so. So I got a few here. Uh, Tucker Quinn, first career feature win over at the Rice Lake Speedway, tip of the cap, Tucker Quinn. Good job to him. Streeter points guys are going to be tough. I just want to, the, the Brower boys, Colton Brower, Brayden Brower, they've been extremely fast. Braider stacking Uh, Brayden is stacking wins like crazy. Justin Vogel back. Um, he's getting a bunch of wins. He kind of had a slow spot, but keep an eye on that national point battle in the street stock division. Brandon Rehill, a guy that I talk about a little bit north of the border in the Midwest Mod, he's got a pile of wins already. Made his first uh, got his first feature win in the United States at Greenbush this past weekend. Congrats to him. <clears throat> um, super stock battle. This one's going to be interesting. Everybody kind of has it written down. Shane Sebraski is going to be the national champ, except for. We did have somebody call him out and say that ain't going to happen. But Dexton Cook right now leading the way, guys. 14 feature wins for Cook. Trevor Nelson, Shane Sabraski tied at 11. The race is to 30, right? So it's not the first to 30, but your goal is to get 30 wins, and then it's car counts at that point. That one's going to be interesting. So I had uh, members of the Chad Becker fan club uh, reach out to me from the Brown County Speedway this past weekend. They have double features in the late model division. He wanted to give a donkey award. I'll just say this. It's the uh, the president of the Chad Becker fan club, giving a donkey award here to old Chad Becker in the Brown County Speedway. So in the makeup feature, he threw a pretty nasty slider there on Rich Thomas and contact was made. Tire goes down, cost him a shot at the win, full steering win in the makeup feature in the a Searing from 14th to second actually threw a haymaker, tried to slide him for the win, and Becker crossed him over. But prior to that, guys, it's a you make the call, right? I got the video clip. I'm gonna have Mason show about Mason Aaron's videos, gonna have him post it here. Look to me like old Becker maybe spun out that lap car and uh, got his spot back. So. His words were, uh, well, Becker getting more gifts over here at the Brown County Speedway. You make the call on this one. But uh, I tell you what, he's no matter what, like him or not, he's a national championship contender. And uh, searing, of course, captain off the weekend with a $4,000 to win payday over at Miller. I think that was on Monday. Um, Another one here, Nathan Grell, super stock driver. It's not just Trevor Nelson. Um, you ever run again? Uh, against Nathan Grell out there the two car out in uh, Aberdeen Miller, ever run against oh, him?
2: Only a couple times, just a couple times.
0: He had a pair of wins, first two wins of the year. Got a pair of them this past weekend. Got to give a shout out to the Street Stock Tour, of course. Nick Trainer, Kyle Dykoff, um, in Victory Lane, Dykoff, of course, won the Natty last year. Hasn't <laughs> raced until this weekend. Got a DNF and a win. Dean Larson kind of give this guy a little grief for uh, a little cherry picking or whatever you want to call it. But 17 wins on the year. He's uh, he's going to be the first to 20. Zach Benson with another win. He's at 12. Deer Creek uh, mentioned this earlier, guys, 169 cars last week. That's incredible. 60, 36 mods, 50 B mods, 33 Midwest mods. So a person kind of wonders, right? You're like, how do you have Midwest mods and B mods? They're kind of the same thing. Well, Between the two of them, they had 83 of them. That's incredible, unbelievable. Um, Reed Johnson, first career win in the Hornet up at the Halberline Speedway in Proctor. And uh, you already mentioned it, but one more shout out to Tate and Blasek, first career win in the Midwest Mod. Um, first career win of any kind at the Viking Speedway. Um, Rice Lake, guys, uh, I do have a question for you here. So, Rice Lake Speedway, um, Rodney Sanders was in the in the forty car, you know, Buzzy was tired. He didn't old, did old. Kind of a crew chief now, so he had Sanders drive. And Sebrasky got the win threw a little bit. of – Got a push, kind of went up the track. Contact made. There's some grief afterwards, but needless to say, it was good hard racing. But the question I have is in the Midwest mods, guys. He had a six lap feature, and I get it. It was thirty minutes six lap feature, right? But six lap feature, and Brady Larson won the A main. I want. Quickly, what is your thoughts on on cutting laps and having a six car feature?
2: Yeah, that that's that's six laps is tough. I had it. Um, I think we had a six or seven lap up at Fargo a few years ago when I was racing, and it was the same deal. We talked about the guy that got fourth there. You thought maybe he had a chance to win. Um, I started like seventeenth or eighteenth, and I'm clipping them off. I get up to fourth, and uh, not kidding, we came out of four one time. They, they, it, there was nothing. It was just a checkered flag. There was no white, no nothing. They just threw the checkered, and I was spitting mad and went flying up there. And no the official nowhere to be found. Everybody, oh, that was a fun race. Well, we ran seven laps. No, so I, I don't know. I didn't see the race. I don't know what happened. Um, we started doing Viking after third yellow. You got to go yellow and black. It shapes guys up in a big hurry. Uh, when they hear it's yellow and black, it's going to shape you up in a big hurry because you're going to the pits you spin out on your own, you clip somebody, you're going to the pit. So I don't know the circumstances. I looked on my race pass that it was 30 minutes, six laps. That's a little rough. And I don't know if they, did they have, did they tell him beforehand what was going on on the race, Siever, what was going on there? But yeah, six laps, six laps is definitely rough.
1: I think that's a rule there. I don't think it was a surprise. Uh, Bert? Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you, you know, when you cut, a race that short, you know, only six laps. I mean, I, I, have seen late model features at Shano speedway that, that have been, you know, six laps, seven laps. And, uh, it just leaves a, um, I don't know, uh, you know, an unfinished feeling, uh, with the drivers. And I mean, one thing, I mean, channel speedway, you know, they have a curfew so that they have uh time limits, like, you know, I'm sure other, Tracks do so each race gets a certain amount of time to be completed. And when you know, their rule is when it reaches that time, they throw the white and then they throw the checkered. What I think a track should do is if they if they reach the time limit, they keep racing until the next caution or the checkered flag because it only takes what 20 seconds to to run a lap. So as long as they're racing without cautions, just let them race for. Uh, but if a caution comes out, then that's the end of the race. That That's what I'd like to see.
0: Yeah, that's an alternative. And I like what Viking Speedway does. Uh, Norman County Raceway and Ada did the same thing. After three yellows, it's yellow, black. And, and that really sped the program up a lot. Uh, my thoughts on it is this. If there's the point average lineup system, right, you're already penalizing the top cars. they got to start eight. Hey, now you take Mike Schneider he's he's fast he might have won that race well he didn't he only got six laps so if you're gonna have the point average lineup system which sucks i don't like it um you can't cut laps you you're you're screwing over the drivers that aren't causing problems and if i was a fan of one of them drivers i'd be like i i literally came here to watch that guy and you only gave him six laps do i get in free next week? Then i didn't get to watch a race but and i get it i'm on, on the other side of it i mean yellow after yellow after yellow I mean it was ridiculous guys I watched it and I'm like these freaking guys what are they doing I mean it was terrible and I don't remember where it was maybe Greenbush remember they put them in timeout a couple years ago they said you guys can't get your crap together you go sit in the infield you watch these cars race their feature then we'll let you come back out I thought that was kind of cool that that's maybe something they need to, need to I, have act- done.
1: I actually don't <laughs> mind that idea
0: yeah then they at least get to race and They'll get the point, right? So let's jump into our last segment here. Three bold predictions brought to you by Impact Health Sharing. If you pay for your own health care, you got employees, if you feel like you're paying too much, give me a tax, 218-969-1380. I can get you a no-obligation quote, get you all the information you need to see if we can help save you some money on health insurance. So off the board this week, Bert, I kind of shoved everything out just a little bit. I had nothing come off the board. You had two off the board. You said David gravel was going to win one this weekend. He did. And you said the old right guy here was going to get zero points in. He got six. So eat that, right? <laughs> Roll that up in your pipe and smoke it. Right. So our standings, Bert, uh, you're at 41.9%. I'm at 37.9 And the listeners on the board. Finally last week, 7.7%. They got a ton that hasn't come off the board yet. No this week. Uh, we got we got a couple guests that threw in a couple of picks here, and uh, so what we do every week is we take we take three right three bold predictions. They got to be something that either did or did not happen. It can't be like an opinion. So it's got to be something where we can keep track of. So Bert, we'll start with you. We'll go to Jeff. We'll go to me, and then I have two to filter in here that I got from a couple fans as well. So Bert, what's your first bold prediction for the week?
1: Um, my first is, I will say Nick Avalanche will make the big show at Deer Creek. Okay. I, with, with the low car
0: counts, I think, I think he can do it anyway. He's kind of a race car driver. I hope he does. Well,
1: I had that written down before I knew how many cars were there. So well, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Jeff.
2: Yes. Our boy, Bailey Rosh will get a victory at a track other than Viking Speedway this season.
0: All right, all right. He's a little protégé there, right? So I'm going to throw Justin's in here, fan of the show, submitted one. So July 9th, this Sunday, Bemidji Speedway, Northern Minnesota, it's their uh, Meet the Drivers Night. And they typically get high 80s, low 90s in car count. He said they will have more than 100 cars Sunday for their Meet the Drivers Night at the Bemidji Speedway. So I'm going to go and go for 50 as well. So, 2022, Brandon Overton won 21-20. They both won. Rained out. One had COVID. B. Shep, um, Marlar, and Madden won the last three before that. This year's Gopher 50 will be won by a driver that has not yet won the Gopher 50. Bert? Okay.
1: Um, I am going with. Uh... Um, Ryan Gustin will finish in the top three in points in the World of Outlaw series. Off he's sitting the
0: record.
1: in, he's sitting off in the threat- record, Where do you think he's going to finish? Second.
0: Second. Okay. That's off the record. So, top three, you get mm. the point, but you're picking him to get second. Okay.
2: Next one. This is a big one. This is bold. I'm going 20 plus super stocks at Fiesta city for the thousand to win super stock special Friday night. You got to remember they only had four last Friday. Okay. So we're going bold 20 plus supers at Fiesta city speedway. So you're going to look at the car count
0: and you're going to basically get yours in there, get Johnny's over there to make sure this pick happens.
2: Uh, no, you better have your deal loaded
0: up. (laughs) Man, I hope you're right. I I like that place, Uh, you know, and for them to put on a 1,000-a-win special. They do, I think, for all their classes. So, hopefully, they get a good car coat. You know, on the outside looking in, I have a feeling that you're going to see, a um, and not that there's not other good cars there, but I'm kind of feeling a little battle here between the old 71 of Trevor Nelson and the 78 of Shane Samraski. So, I'm not sure if this one is streamed or not, um, but get over there. It's going to be worth it. I'm going to slide in Nick here. Uh, Speaking of specials, Cedar Lake Speedway this weekend. It's the month of money at Cedar Lake. It's the 5000 to win B-Mod special this weekend. And uh, he goes, I believe they're going to get 65 or more B-Mods Saturday night at the Cedar Lake Speedway. That's bold. That's bold. Last year, I think they had 57, I think. So it's possible. So my second one here. I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go with a fan favorite here. I'm going to go Kennedy Swan. So, Kennedy Swan so far this year, rookie in the modified division, six top five finishes, one second, three thirds. Guys, she should have won at Halberlines up in Proctor a few weeks back. Yellow came out last lap. She had – it was done. She will win at least one feature before September 1st in the Amon. mod um, Kennedy Swan in the 18-S.
1: Okay. Um my last one I'm going to the dark side and I'm going to do asphalt. Um just because it's probably the biggest at af- well it is the biggest asphalt race in Wisconsin. The Slinger Nationals is next Tuesday, I believe. Um they have seven drivers that are registered that have raced in NASCAR. Um they Eric Jones is planning on racing there. Matt Kenseth William Bryan, uh, Chase Elliott, uh, Johnny Sauter, Derek Krause, and Ty Majeski. Um, and I am predicting that Ty Majeski will win the Slinger Nationals uh, next week.
0: There you go. I like it. I like it, Jeff. Your third and final.
2: Yeah, we're going bold. We're going back to hometown here. I am going to say the same driver is going to win both fallen lineman races. At I-94 and Viking. So um, it's you know how the mod guy's up here. It's going to be super, super tough to, to do. So I, I don't have a driver, but the same driver is going home with uh, $5,000 this weekend. So what you're
0: saying is Justin Fremming is going to have a good weekend in the 33X. Hey,
2: that's a good possibility. There's uh, he's, he's been pretty hot. It's, it's a good one to throw one out there, but there's going to probably be um, – Probably be 20 guys that could do it, maybe even more, hopefully. So it's going to be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, there's some good mods over there. I'm, I'm excited for that as well. And I'm going to go with my third and final prediction. and I'm going to go World of Outlaw sprint cards here, okay? Wasn't sure which direction I was going to go. I was thinking maybe Mod Wars. But I'm going to go with the World of Outlaw. So Donnie Shots has been struggling, guys. Um, he got one top five in his last 14 tries. Donnie shots is going to have three or less top five finishes in the entire month of July. I hope I'm wrong. We put him on the not hot list. So yeah, he could, I could eat that one here. Two out of the three this weekend, but shots has been struggling. I don't know if he can turn this around and my smart money saying he's not going to. So there we have it. So Bert Lehman, Ryan Aho, Jeff Krause, thanks for joining us again. Uh, Check out the Dirt Podcast, wherever you can get podcasts. You're on about every podcast forum, aren't you, out there? So check that out. And um, Thanks for listening to the show. Support all of our sponsors. Thank you uh, to all of them, of course. And like Jeff said earlier, get to the racetrack, right? I mean, we love watching it online, but not only get to the track, bring somebody new with you, right? I challenge you to grab a hold of somebody, bring somebody new. Let's expose more people to this great sport. Guys, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.